Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode 20. Uh, my name is Jordan Merrick and it's a great pleasure to be here as always. And this is not any normal intro because it's a live intro. For the first time I've done a live intro in 20 episodes and I thought, what better way to introduce one of the coolest guests to have on this podcast than Mr. Ali Taylor. The CEO of Listen Up Music, a very good friend of mine and just a genuinely awesome human being. And I won't go and give you the whole spiel of why Ali's awesome. Um, I'm going to let him tell you all about himself. So uh, without further ado, Ali, how are you? Very well, <laughs> Thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to be able to do that justice based on you saying you're not going to let <laughs> you're not going to tell people how awesome I am. I am. You're going to let me do that. I don't think I'm going to do that, but I'll certainly talk to you about anything and everything you want. Look, my plan with this uh, episode today is to to break your modesty and uh, <laughs> to get you just uh, to pump your own tires. So that's that's the plan. We'll see how we go. I'm going. I'm going. Oh. <laughs> uh, Look, I think um, getting into this podcast, and I always generally start by talking about obviously 2020, and I think uh, knowing the journey that you and I have both gone through with Torchfest and everything that's been anything to do with COVID, um, I reckon it would be a really good point to start. Let's get this uh, the elephant in the room out of the way. So how, how was the last year and, what, nine months of uh, Ali Taylor's life and uh, listen up's life. How how um, how was it? Uh, how the the overall sentiment I think is um, just so varied, so much change, um, so much uncertainty, and and so much lack of control over a situation. I've never felt that level of a lack of control before. Like we've all had situations or events or, you know, meetings that we've gone into where we feel a lack of control, but it's there and then it's gone. Whereas this is just a lingering lack of control that has been, you know, really, um, really difficult to, um, to navigate. Um, and there's absolutely been some beautiful positive things within it. Um, but, yeah, probably the most the most challenging period of my life, I think. Yeah, I think um, it's been, I think, like, as you said, like the lack of control and I think the uncertainty, particularly like for me this year, I think has, has proven, last year I think was so uncertain, but I think everyone had that concept down. Like, what the hell is going on? Nobody knows. This year it felt like we were crawling our way out and then there's just one thing after another after another and I think uh, we saw it with uh, Torchfest Brisbane and obviously the other um, iterations of Torchfest uh, and that's only just what a, a music festival uh, there's so many so many other aspects in life that's been affected um, absolutely and do you know what I found interesting in you saying that is that from me from a personal perspective I agree with what you said there um, but as you know, I have a, a large family and, you know, um, kids at home and, and wife that do very different vocations and work in different industries. And um, some of their feelings is the opposite, that last year was hard. And this year, even though they haven't had that feeling of crawling out of it and then being hit again, they almost have got this, got used to it. And they're like, OK, I can do this. I, I, I know what I'm doing. Um, whereas... 
the other half of the people in the family mm. have felt what you said, where they're just like, oh my God, we felt like we were coming out of this and now a new set of challenges. And yeah, it just shows that um, no two people are alike and um, everyone's struggling at different moments within the, the last 12 months. Yeah. What, in, in your opinion, um, with Listen Up Music, what, what role have you seen the charity play or even... How, how have you seen the, the role the charity plays evolve in this period? Because it's obviously been such a dramatic change. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that has evolved or changed has been, as as you know, we pride ourselves on uh, the community element and the community aspects of what we do. And we have such a, a beautiful community that we're so proud of. And, um, and I think the biggest challenge has been the fact that we have sparingly been able to get pockets of that community together and you know there's been so many great willed things of trying to you know do live streams and live concerts and getting people together remotely and all these different things and you know thank goodness for technology that we've been able to do those but they're not a good replacement for getting people Mm. together in a room around live music or you know just to connect Um, so the evolution of us in the last 12 months has been how do we keep our community connected when we can't be there in person a lot of the time? Um, and and how do we overcome some of those barriers of the lack of connection online? Um, and yeah, that's been a real challenge um, and really interesting to see some of the things that we've been looking at to, to, to tackle it. But yeah, that's been, that's been the hardest thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's really forced... Uh, every almost every industry to to change. In fact, I'd say every industry to change because it's such a worldwide one-off, hopefully one-off in our <laughs> lifetime uh, event. So yeah, no, I think um, yeah, it's yeah. What, what else is there to say really? Um, mm. I it's just been adapt, uh, adapt, adapt, and pivot. <laughs> Where every every third day, <laughs> every day, yeah. Sometimes multiple times in a day, yeah. Yeah. Well, with Listen Up, so there's, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people listening who might not be aware of Listen Up. And uh, I thought it'd be a really good place to start um, at the beginning of Listen Up. And um, like, obviously you've, you know, you're from the UK um, for all the people who obviously you've got a Sydney accent now. Um, <laughs> Very sweet, <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah where, where, where did Listen Up music begin? Like where was the... Where was the start? It, it's actually really easy to say where it started from in terms of um, having the name and launching, but there are so many different parts of my life that have contributed to Listen Up Music. And obviously the music and mental health parts of it are not uh, by mistake. They're two, two, probably the two biggest passions in my in my in my life outside of obviously family, but, um, but yeah, the music part has been around since I was a kid. My mum's a professional musician. I've grown up with her playing music my entire life and I played music in London and, you know, it's just always been a part of, of me. Um, and the mental health part, uh, has really been a big part of my life in the last sort of 10 to 12 years with, um, experiences, um, with lived experience through my family and, um, and a couple of friends from school as well um, that impacted that. Um, but Listen Up was really 
the culmination of both of those things coming together at the same time. Um, and it was born out of uh, a, a previous entity, um, previous organization that, that I set up, um, which was all around this feeling um, of making top 10 lists um, and making lists of your top 10 songs and sharing them with your friends. Um, and out of those nights that we did with our friends, we saw how amazingly connected people got, how amazing stories were shared and how much emotion and memories were tied up with these songs. And that was the catalyst. That was the very much the early start of what Listen Up became. Um, and then there was just this feeling of, okay, this is great for my family and friends, but how do we connect and um, how do we reach larger audiences? And that was to um, launch a, um, a public-facing songwriting competition. And I guess that's what we're best known for today. And that was really the first official start of what what we've come to be. But yeah, there was no kind of one day there was no listen up and then one day I had an idea and the next day it became, it came from multiple different angles and multiple different sources all kind of colliding at the same time. Yeah. And I think, um, I think what's, what's come of it is pretty unique. And I think something like a listen up music can't happen without, you know, without the culmination of lived experiences, as you said, and both on the mental health side, but also the music side. Um, and one thing, um, like I think I've spoken about it on on the podcast before, is um, like with my introduction to listen art music was obviously through the songwriting contest, and um, I've never been a fan of songwriting competitions at all. In fact, I've always avoided them because I think they're they're no good. But you contacted me and um, you sort of gave me, obviously you sold me on Listen Up Music and um, and that it was obviously all mental health focused. And it definitely piqued my interest. And I thought, well, look, there's no harm in getting involved and, and being, you know, a judge on the event. And I was so blown away by the sort of, as you were saying earlier, like the community of these events and um and just the amount of emotion and, and love and kindness and support that fills the room when people are sharing their stories behind their songs and mm. um, and the crowd is so attentive and it's it's such a unique experience. And I was literally like, I was hooked on Listen Up Music from that day and it was just such a perfect event. Um, one of many perfect events now after being involved <laughs> for several years. Um but yeah, it's interesting it's, what you say about that, though, with the competition part, though, because I still to this day struggle with it. And I did when we first launched is, you know, the perfect way to describe it is it's it's the competition that isn't a competition, because yeah. even though there are semifinals and there's a grand final and there's a winner, the amount of people that come away from those events saying, I actually don't care whether I go through to the next round being part of this and being able to share my story and my experience and be in a room with other people in a safe, supportive environment. And that's the bit that is exciting and the bit that is, for me, the the, the overriding thing that I want to get out of it. I mean, I, do I think that people would still attend them as well as they do if it wasn't a competition? I'm not sure. I think everyone loves a little bit of you know competitive spirit, but but it definitely doesn't feel like um, a regular competition to me. Um, and just anecdotally as well, you talking about that first event 
um, that we got you involved with. Um, I was looking back on photos um, today, and obviously there's been so many events that we've now done together, mm. and that is the only event and the first event that you were at where you didn't wear a hat. And you're so well known for wearing a hat now. But oh, what, no was, hat. what was I doing? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's shocking! I can't believe I didn't wear a hat. Yeah. Um, look, we all we all make mistakes, and I think um, <laughs> the the charity doesn't judge us for the mistakes we make. You know, that's right. And we invited you back. You know, it's like we I know. Like we knew we knew you needed a second chance to show us. Yeah, you, you invited me back and said, "P.S. Bring the hat." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's um, that's wonderful, and I definitely think like what you said, like probably like more people get involved because it is a competition, and there's an incentive for the artist to to share it more so than just sharing their story and give be given a, a platform. But um, I, I would say it's really safe to say that everyone who experiences the event through the artist that they're there to support, um, it, it, they instantly know it's not just the competition and um it's never had that vibe not in any any year i've ever been involved um it's um it's just so unique and so special and even like you know i was so fortunate to go to the the grand final that year as well um and even my sister who is not a musician or um or doesn't go to those sort of events she came along and she was blown away um just by the connection and the the spirit in the room and the um, and the emotion um and she's and been was, back to events since as well yeah she has she she loved it that much that she literally flew to brisbane to to come to Torchfest brisbane which says a lot like people don't i mean she, obviously it's you know she could do that to support me but she it was literally because she wanted to come to the event and she knew how good the the last event she went to was um which is a testament, you know, for someone who's not a musician who works full time, that's not a, her life like it is so many of us. Um, it was really special. Um, but it's a testament to listen up music and, and what it's all about, right? Yeah, I think that's, um, it's so lovely kind of reminiscing about all those, those days and the different events. And, you know, the, the interesting part for the, those people listening as well is that, you know, it's not the same team of people that are at those events either. So, you know, the, the Brisbane semi-final that we had this year, obviously the Sydney crew were all um, locked down. So, you know, yourself and, and, um, and some other amazing people from, from Queensland were involved, like Justin, who's emceed for us before, um, Adelaide's going ahead this year without the, the main crew there, but you know, the still the feedback I get out of those events, even when um, myself and the, the team aren't there, is the same as when we are there. So it's just something about the way it's set up, something about the way it's run, how the format of it is, that just seems to be able to be replicated and and is you know sharing this incredibly safe, supportive, um, and enjoyable evening wherever it's put on. Yeah, definitely. And and even um, just one more thing on the Brisbane semis that we've just had, even the guest judges in Callum and Josh who came along, they were just blown away. Um, and we all spoke about, you know, the event um, afterwards. And, you know, one of them said to me very candidly, he's like, look, to be honest, I thought this would be 
um, like a standard songwriting competition. I thought there would be, it would just be one of those, you know, there could be some average songs, there could be some weird vibes, because that's how these competitions can really be sometimes. Uh, he said, my expectations were absolutely blown out of the water, and um, they were so involved. They, they just, they both really embraced it. For people who didn't really know much, like me, they, they were the me of this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, even though even though it was always sad not having you there, um, but at least we had Justin, and that was that was great. You know, having him, he's such a, a legend, and uh, yeah, look, it's such a special event. Um, so, going, um, I suppose, just back to you know mental health and um, mental health, particularly in the music industry. Um, I'd love to get your opinion on like. Obviously, especially with this last year, it's obviously been, been such a hard year. Um, what what do you think is particularly to the music industry? Do you think that we need to do, or, or that you know people in general need to do to support musicians, or musicians to support themselves? I honestly, I don't, I don't want this to come across as a, a cop out answer because it's not. It's a capture all, but I think that everybody needs to do something for musicians or the people in the arts because for an industry that is hit by so many challenges anyway you you know we you and I in person have talked about this many times with the financial impacts and the dietary impacts and the you know late nights and um, um, drinking drugs and all that kind of stuff music's hit by so many of those and then you know on top of that let's just pull the rug out from any 12 month future of any kind of earnings um you know these people there are real concerns that there are people looking to move overseas or are looking to stop making music altogether and obviously that's at the extreme end but you know if that's what people are doing their, their main passion in life they're deciding that they may just give up on it because it's not possible then we need to be doing everything that we possibly can to help support because you know i, I often think about if music didn't exist, what would a day look like for someone who's not a musician? And you think about TV programs or movies where there's no music, the, the impact is gonna be halved, if not more. Mm. You know, their enjoyment from going for walks or runs or doing exercise, no music, it's impacted that as well. And people need to think about the impact for themselves personally of what it would mean if music didn't exist and actually think there's a real chance that some of this music might never get created or might never not exist and mm. and help however they can and i don't think that um necessarily throwing money at it is the right answer because you know there's been government money and there's been grants and stuff like that you know musicians don't want um money to get them through the next two weeks of paying rent they want to know that they've got some security to be able to actually work on their next single or their next song that they're writing or their next live show or whatever it is and yeah. So for me, much more needs to be done in all areas to support the industry. Yeah, I definitely. Well, that was agree. a bit of a long rant there, but <laughs> no, no, and it's a very fair rant. And one thing I'd say, sort of what you said about how the extreme end is people leaving the industry. One thing that's really been terrible to see is I don't think it's so much the extreme end. I think I've seen so many people in the industry, not just musicians, but you know, engineers, live live music techs, people leave the industry because of how 
broken this period has made them feel and how forgotten about. And I think that's just horrible to see. And um, as you said, it's not a matter of grants. And you can get a grant, as you said, to tie you through for a few weeks. But um, there should never be a situation where artists are forced to go on Job Seeker to because they've already got a job. They just need the support. And I think, um, as you said, there's no better way to support artists. And I think, you know, even if it's not financial, just reaching out or or going to a show when we can have shows. Or, Absolutely getting merch or just just reaching out and saying hey how are you doing like i know it's been a tough time yeah those things are so underrated you know and like you I said know, i'm preaching the to the choir i know but, yeah. uh. <laughs> but like you said with the, the those feelings of those people who are broken and you know kind of forgotten about it's like well you know so many so many people in creative arts are creating to make people feel something um and then if they feel like they've been forgotten um, and and it actually doesn't take a lot either, you know. You see all these stats of, you know, streaming people's songs versus buying an album or buying a piece of merch or whatever it is. You people outside of the industry may not realize just how much of a difference it can make if someone buys, you know, Jordan's latest beautiful red vinyl for for a, a specific example. <laughs> and, you know, I well, agree. Yes. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But it does. It makes such a big difference. We're not saying, you know, you need to find $10,000 in your back pocket to give them. It's like just support the things that they're creating. And, mm. and you know, if more people did that, then it would make it would make a difference. Yeah. And even something as simple as sharing something on Facebook and Instagram. If all you imagine if all your friends and family and colleagues did that. Wow. What a difference that would make. You know, and it costs nothing. It costs nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. What do you think, um, like, for artists, like, what what do you think artists should be doing? Obviously, I know it's very circum... Everyone's circumstances are different, but what ways, in your opinion, artists should be supporting themselves with when it comes to mental health? Or people in general, it doesn't just have to be artists, but um, obviously artists are very dear to us, both um, in the charity. But, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Like, what do you... Yeah, it's... It's it's a difficult one because I think when we talked about that lack of control and that being in control and, and also, you know, not knowing when there's an end date on this as well, you know, it's so easy to put goals in place or make plans for change if you know roughly what's coming or you can put an end date on something. When we're in this kind of limbo waiting for things to 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 come back it's really difficult because um even when they do start coming back for certainly for new south wales and vic we don't know what sort of capacities is going to be like we don't know what sort of backlog with you know live shows or venues that are going to be things like that so um you know i don't want to be saying what so many people are saying in a generalistic sense which is you know make sure that you're going outside make sure that you're doing this make sure that you're you know eating healthily make sure you're getting caught up in your sleep all that kind of stuff and that that stuff is really important and it's really kind of base level everyone knows these things um but do you know what sometimes it's just not easy to do those things so if you're finding that you're sleeping in longer or it's taking you longer to get out of bed or you have a day where you're not doing anything i think a thing that artists are really good at doing is beating themselves up about not being productive um, and not, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, friends that I know who, who really go, Oh my God, I wasted that day. And it's like, do you know what? 
all bets are off at the moment. We're going through something that no one's ever gone through before. So if you feel that you need to take that extra day not to do anything, don't make yourself feel terrible and then run yourself into the ground the next day to try and make up for it. Um, but I think in terms of future planning and looking at what things could look like after we get out of this, I think what artists could be doing um, more is is learning lessons from those others in other states. So, you know, you look at Queensland, for instance, you look at um, South Australia, you look at Western Australia, those three in particular, um, you know, completely different experience, um, certainly in the last few months compared to the likes of New South Wales and, and Victoria. Um, and, you know, those people in those states may have levels of hope or levels of positivity that, the people in New South Wales and Victoria don't have and you know maybe spending time with them or learning some of the things that they've learned um and and seeing what those artists have, have got to give back because um it's really difficult to know what to suggest when we don't have a date when things are finishing and I'm saying we because I'm in New South Wales obviously but um you know talking to you Jordan um over the last few months and and talking about how things are coming back in Brisbane and, you know, and live shows going on when we can't have them, you know, that has given me hope talking to you and hearing the stories about the things that you've been doing and the events that have been going on. And, um, and I, and I think that's maybe, maybe something small that people could be doing. Yeah, definitely. No, thanks for sharing that. And I think it's always good to get um, obviously you know, especially someone who's so involved in, in the mental health field um, and obviously with everything that the charity's doing, um, I think it's really important. Um, and, I mean, like actually speaking on the charity, um, you know, something that is obviously really important um, to listen up is, is action, right? And, um, you know, as, as you've said so many times, we, we all know what mental health is, you know, the, the country and the world has gotten to a point where we, we acknowledge it now, but what do you do, you know? And um, I suppose like, and I know this could be a, a two hour discussion, <laughs> on what do you do, but even um, like say, cause especially with musicians, as you said, that even before COVID, it's such a roller coaster of an industry that's emotional highs and, and terrible lows. It's just, the nature of chasing that dream, unfortunately. Um, what do you think artists can do for each other in that regard? Like, obviously checking in, but if, if you know, if someone says, look, man, I'm struggling, like, what do you think, like, what, what should we, what should you do for your fellow artist? It's a, it's a great question, Jordan. And, and, and it actually ties in really nicely to the previous question as well around what people can do. And I think, um, I, confidence levels of people knowing what support is available and how to get that support are not high enough, which may be a barrier to people um, asking people how they're going, if they're okay, if they're struggling, because they're concerned about if they get the answer that they're not doing well, they, they won't know where to go or where to, to signpost them to. Um, and the, you know, sometimes I, I can't blame them because there are so many different places to go and everyone's individual situation is different. And sometimes without being a professional and having that professional experience, it's hard to get to the, maybe the root cause of what it is. But, you know, if everyone had the confidence at least of knowing one 24 seven helpline, knowing one online resource, 
having one app that they've tried that they've you know had a positive experience with um and they knew that they could you know give those recommendations to people um i think that would help people's confidence with asking the question in the first place and then would help the confidence with then directing them um and that's something that i think that people could be doing with their time if they if they're finding that they have time on their hands um is upskilling themselves in some of those areas so that as you said everyone's been impacted um their mental health's been impacted in some way shape or form the last 18 months um so you know use use the time and use the resources to um increase your confidence about what's available yeah definitely and it's something that like cuz i've um been really fortunate through through my day job to get um access to a lot of training around that um and what i've found it's funny going into it and sort of, as you said, sometimes it can be scary to ask people about, you know, are you okay? Just using the, the, the go-to line. Right. But it's amazing how the most important part, you're not, you're not taking ownership of that person's issues. You're not taking ownership of, I need to help them get better. The idea is making sure they understand they're not alone and that there's nothing wrong with getting help and making sure that they can get through it. Uh, and there's, it's so empowering when you really think about it. You're just making sure that person is okay. And if they're not, you're just helping them find the right direction and, and you know, go to the right people to lean on. Um, I Absolutely. Think really, yeah. And I think a really important thing for, like, with what a lot of companies seem to be doing is investing in um, EAP, so, you know, employee assistance programs. And I think, you know, if you're a listener um, of this podcast and you have access to something like that, there is absolutely no harm in taking advantage of it. And those those programs are getting so good and uh, they're so equipped to support you. Um, when you have a resource at your fingertips, there's, n- there's no shame in using it. It's um, it's fantastic. Um, you know, I, I've, I've used, uh, you know, I've gone through EAP before and um, just to have a discussion with someone who's not attached to your life is so helpful. Um, and, and do you know what, do you know what, Jordan? I think, so powerful. I, I think I think with that as well, you've you've kind of touched on a little bit on on um, something that I'm very passionate about in this, in this space as well is is making sure that um, you have a variety of different options, right? Because for some people, speaking to someone on the phone that they're not got any attachment to uh, a stranger who they don't feel that they'll be judged or doesn't have any bias or anything is perfect. Then there might be somebody else who actually just wants to feel seen and heard by somebody that they know or they care about or wants to talk to someone that they do know because they don't feel comfortable talking to a stranger. Some people don't want to speak on the phone at all. Some people want it face to face. Some people want to self-serve and go looking for things on the internet or they want to have an app or they want to have something on social media because they feel, you know, um, connected most there. The important thing is, is, Yes, that absolutely to your point, I agree, is making sure people know it's okay to pick up the phone and speak to someone if that's what they want to do. But also not having that as the only kind of suggested signpost or pathway to help is is showing people actually, you know what, depending on your learning style, depending on how you feel, depending on what works for you, there is actually for all of those use cases, there is at least three places that I could direct people to and go, actually, if you want to go on the web, here's this, if you want to try this app, there's this. If you want to talk to a stranger, if you want to talk to someone you know, here's all the different things 
and and but then that person needs to take ownership of that and actually go and explore one of those um as opposed to having those options available to them and doing nothing because that's 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 a um a not a good situation to be in if if somebody is wanting help and they've been given help and and it actually is the right help for them or as much as we think or know it can be but then for them yeah. they to take that first step to getting their support and help as well yeah 100 percent. and even like looking at um you know even like the, on the listen up music page how you shared the mental health resources um i believe it was yesterday um even just going through and just reading just off on, on that one post how much support's available it's it's incredible and i'll definitely share that um once this podcast goes live as well because um it's not just um you know one or two resources it was what nine ten eleven twelve I, I'm, to be honest i didn't really count it but it was a lot <laughs> and i think that's a great thing and i think that that all stems from you know sort of going on the awareness like people becoming aware of mental health but now there's so many people wanting to take action and i think that's where listen up you know provides such an important role and um you know i, I even just once again just referring back to the semis that we semi-finals of the songwriting competition we just had there's nothing more powerful than than knowing we can share our stories and knowing that there's support and i think the more people embrace that the better it's just an, it's incredible um Absolutely. And sharing those stories, you know, out of everything that I've experienced and learned about mental health over the years, um, for me, there's there's nothing more powerful than someone being given the permission or feeling like they have the permission and feeling safe enough to share something. Um, And then for the people who are on the receiving end of it and hearing it, realizing what a massive gift that is that they've had someone just open up and, you know, even more so in the music space, they're not just opening up and talking, they're open up and then, you know, potentially being judged on how they're singing, playing guitar, et cetera, as well as the story and being completely vulnerable. And, mm. you know, I know from speaking to you, there were a few instances of that at the Brisbane semi where people obviously were very impacted by that situation, but they felt that they could do it. And, you know, I wonder how many other opportunities or other experiences people have had where they're like, do you know what? I don't feel comfortable in sharing this because it's not a safe or um, Mm. caring um, environment. So yeah, that's super important. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, and the work Listen Up Music has done to empower artists that feel confident to share their stories. I truly honestly can say I really believe it saved lives. I, I, I know it has. And I think it's such an incredible thing. And I, I feel so lucky to be involved. I'm so glad that you messaged me that day all those years ago. And <laughs> um, it, it's truly, it's nothing short of special when you go to these events. So once again, anybody listening, you have to go and support these events because they're incredible. Even if you just go as a fan and you just sit at the back, trust me, uh, by the end you'll be at the front and you'll be you'll be hugging everybody. It's 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 <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, let's uh let's look towards the future and let's uh let's yeah let's talk about the, the positive potential of the year twenty twenty two. What is like where do you see in terms of an optimist view? Like where do you see next year heading? Like for let's say for the music industry and the country itself. I. I see live music coming back. Um, I think with 
you know, the recent um, news with all the vaccination rates and things like that, it's been a really interesting time to see the government's pivot from um, all the various governments pivots from, from, you know, zero cases to, you know, increasing vax rates. And I'm not going to go into detail of that because I know the vax rate conversation <laughs> splits many, but, um, but regardless of how you feel about that, what, is going to come with that is opening up and restriction easing all over the country. Um, so the optimist view for me is that, you know, we will have um, freedom to have events all over the country. Um, it looks like borders for different countries are going to open up so we can have international music again, um, opportunities for people to, to play music overseas as well. Um, and I'm really excited in one there's two sides to this coin. One I'm very excited about is the fact that there's going to be a wealth of live music because all the stuff that was postponed or cancelled will be rescheduled for 2022, plus all the new stuff. Um, the other side of that coin is, is how many things are we going to miss out on because there's only so many venues that are available. But um, yeah. I feel like the wealth of live music coming back and the connection and the joy that people are going to have of being able to be in a room and experience that live music I actually think from an artist perspective, the live music scene is going to be better for them in 2022 than before, because I think people have missed it so much that we're going to have more engaged audiences um, and more enthusiastic mm. and positive audiences. So that's my optimistic view for next year. Um, um, and yeah, and it can, it can only come, it can't come quick enough for me. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. <laughs> and every, uh, I think basically every artist and people in person in the uh, in the industry would agree. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think it's an optimistic view. But I also think it's I think if things go go right and we're due for a bit of luck, I think. Um, I tell think that to the uh, Melbournians that had the earthquake this week. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, this morning, right? Jeez. Um, oh. Yeah, one thing after another. But I think, yeah, how, how much worse can it get? And I'm touching wood as I say that because I don't <laughs> want to tempt fate. Um, but, look, I think um, I definitely feel like, you know, if if, if, COVID, if the COVID uh, pandemic is in three phases, you know, 2021 20, and 22, I feel like 20 was uh, the dark time. That was what the hell's going on. The world's changing this year is the uncertain time and next year has to be the year that we rise up and we, we make our comeback as a, as a, as a, as a people, as a humanity, you know? And I think, um, I think everyone wants it. I, you know, I think the government wants it. I think every single person wants a better world. And I think um, it's up to us to do it, but I think we're, we're getting through it. And I think, I think, I don't know if it'll be the start of the year. I don't know if it would be the middle, but I feel like we're going to get, we're going to get to a really good spot again next year. And then, you know, 2023 and beyond will just be, will be, will be back to normal, properly back to normal. And I think it, the industry will, will thrive again um, because everyone's hungry for it. And I think um, from, you know, from an artist's perspective, the gigs we used to take for granted, that no longer exists. You know, we don't take anything for granted anymore. Um, from a punter's perspective, um, and even playing a show, you know, I played a, a really great festival called, M M sorry, I nearly got the name wrong, Moondoll Music Festival. Um, so M Moondoll was, was a really wonderful festival. And the one thing that was great was just seeing how everyone just came in and they just were so happy to be there 
there was no violence there was nothing like that everyone was just happy and there was so much joy in the room and um and when it was it was a lot of uh, heavy metal screamo and punk and rock um and then folk music randomly in the corner um but uh it was amazing and um and i think that's just a little sign for me at least personally of what everyone's going to be embracing when the world's ready well when we all get the chance and i think it's going to be something special yeah surely totally agree agree. yeah well ali um look i just want to say you know once again a huge thank you for for coming on this podcast and, and sharing a bit of your story and a bit a bit about listen up and your thoughts on on so much it's been it's been so great having you on and I wanted to ask you my big final question that I ask every week and that's um what's something and you can name a few things but what's something or someone that you're you're grateful for in your life um uh, and you can't say family no there's a few different directions I could go with this but um um I'm going to say today, if I'm not mentioning family, I'm going to say um, Hank Paul, who was co-founder of Listen Up, who um, sadly very recently um, stepped down as chair um, of um, of the board um, after five years working with us. So he's been there right from before we were Listen Up and when we got charity status and, and on from there. And he's gone on to... Um, start this an incredible new venture um and you know leaves listen up with um full backing and support from all of us um and he'll certainly still be around in our events and everything else but i'm definitely been thinking about him the last couple of weeks and how grateful i've been for him um, and his support um in the growth of the charity um so yeah i think it's probably pretty um pretty relevant to, to to mention him right now yeah for sure no, it's amazing what you two have been able to achieve in such a short time. And um, to think when, you know, you look at this, obviously the songwriting prize has been around a little longer than the charity, but the the length of growth that the charity has seen the last few years has just been incredible. Um, even in the last year, despite COVID. Um, and I think as well, the fact that there's been so many times you could have, felt defeated and packed up and and gone home Torchfest sydney need i say anything else you know yeah, we, can't, uh, post... we can't mention that jordan <laughs> yeah i know but but you know what and I, I i gotta say um i've got so much respect for you in the fact that no matter how many times a curveball's been thrown your way with Torchfest and with anything to do with the events as you said it's such a community driven charity that you you've never packed up and said oh it's just getting too hard it's if anything if anything you've you've worked harder and um mate it's just i i have so much respect for you and i'm i've got to say as well um i'm so very honored to have joined the listen up music board um as of what uh, a month or so ago and um we're very i'm just oh look i'm glad and i'm so excited to to, to play a small part in the amazing work you're doing. Um, I'm really excited to be involved. And um, I just want to take a chance to thank you and, and put it on the podcast so people can know the work that you do and, and um, the impact that you're making on, on artists' lives around the country. Um, and you, we needn't look any further than the, um, the incredible amount of entries we get every year for the Songwriting Prize. And 
um, and just the incredible events, and then the artists that you touch, that you 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 help bring together, and give them the chance to share their story. It's it's truly inspiring, Ali. I just uh, want you to know that, mate. That thank you it's very incredible. Much. Yeah, it's um, thank you. It's um, yeah, very humbling to hear you say that, but um, it's. Yeah, definitely agree that there have been times over the last 18 months where it could have been easy to pack up. And, uh, you know, um, on a humorous side, none, none more so than when we were doing Torchfest Brisbane and I got locked out of my hotel room <laughs> <laughs> on, the day, on the day of the festival. Oh, and I thought, yeah, oh. is someone trying to tell me something? But no, you know, you you just think about the reasons why you're doing it and you think, um, you know, maybe these are little tests or little things to make you think. But um yeah, I think the last 12 months have definitely shown that there's a lot of support that the industry needs and um, and we're very much still feel like we're at the beginning of our journey. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't be the right thing to, to pack up and uh, at all. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think um, now that we've gotten through so many hard times, I mean, you know, if we can survive that, you know, as individuals, as a charity, as musicians, uh, I think we can overcome anything. Um, why not, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ali, thank you so much for coming on. It's been it's been wonderful. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.